Welcome to the Carl Reader Show. Hello and welcome to the Carl Reader Show, where today I'm delighted to be joined by a true LinkedIn expert. Now, those of you who are on LinkedIn will know that everyone and their dog calls themselves a LinkedIn expert. You know, you, you type LinkedIn expert into LinkedIn, you probably get a couple of hundred thousand results. And the reality is that the majority of them have probably got 300 followers. Um, you know, it's very rare to actually see somebody who, first of all, knows what they're doing and secondly, practices what they preach. So it is my honour to introduce Chris Williams. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I will skirt over the fact that you called me an expert. Those that do know me know that I hate that term, but we'll carry on. No worries. <laughs> Excellent. You know, I need, to, I need to build you up for the audience. <laughs> I'm painting a picture. Just, just ride with it. So, Chris, t tell us a bit about yourself as a non-expert. Okay, I am a, uh, I'm in the middle ground. I'm a guy that's uh, seen a lot of stuff, done a lot of things, tried a lot of stuff. Um, and it's only recently, at the age of 36, kind of settled down as, as to where I think my, dare I say it, flowery marketing word, true calling is, um, which is, is marketing, particularly and specifically on LinkedIn. Um, started, um, believe it or not, my first proper real job was as a police officer. Um, and I was so good at that, I left after three years. Um, anyone reading between the lines? I wasn't, I was crap. Um, and uh, I'd find myself here, you know, some 20 odd years on. Excellent. And LinkedIn has become your focus. You know, I, I know that you've had a couple of businesses along the way, but you focused on LinkedIn. Um, in 2019, yeah. why LinkedIn? I, if I'm being brutally honest, I think I'm late to the game with LinkedIn. Um, when Microsoft took over a number of years ago, a couple of years ago, um, I think that was the key time to really embed and, and I was right on the ed edge of that wave, if you like. I think what Microsoft have done to the platform, whether you're a Microsoft fan or not, um, they've certainly opened up the platform to, um, and dare I say, a lot of your listeners will probably say in charlatans, but they've certainly opened it up a lot more for businesses to actually use a networking site as a networking site to communicate, to open channels of communication. Um, and it's those people that understand that um, are going to reap the benefits. Those people that think it's still a, a digital Rolodex and it shouldn't be Facebook. Um, unfortunately, these guys have kind of got to get with the, uh, the, the 2019 plan. Com completely agree. So if, if I was to tell you my LinkedIn history, I would imagine that I probably mirror quite a few internet savvy business owners, um, yet those who aren't experts in this stuff. In the, you know, I signed up for LinkedIn, I'm going to guess 2000 and 2009, 2008, maybe. Um, it was it was kind of as eCademy was dying. I was never a member of eCademy, but LinkedIn was was clearly the big beast. Um, let's say mid to late 2000, signed up. And at first, it, it appeared to me to be a dynamic CRM. Um, and in that, what, what I mean is that it was a CRM where other people updated their phone number and email address, but you knew it was always up to date. So as you said, that digital Rolodex, um, it was basically Outlook, the contact bank, updated for me by everyone else. Great. Um, and you're right, it was around 2017-odd. And we were, uh, for the listeners, Chris and I were having a conversation just before. And I mentioned that I was at a um, business book awards. 
and somebody stood up as a social media expert and said, um, you all need to be on Facebook, in 2017 when it was dying, um, you all need to be on Facebook, link, LinkedIn, who's on LinkedIn nowadays? Um, but funnily enough, uh, leading up to that, for a couple of months, I'd noticed some changes as a user, and I didn't really know what those changes were. And all of a sudden, it's become really sticky. If I was to look at my iPhone usage, um, you know, you, you've got the Screen Time app, Instagram's number one, LinkedIn is number two. Um, Facebook gets probably five minutes a day if I remember to log in. So something big has changed in terms of the customer stickiness. What would you say that is? A um, number of things, and it, it, it all depends on what your reason for being on LinkedIn is. Um, I think that, you know, most people fall into one of two categories. Is one is you're, you're part of the business or you've seen some advertisements say that if you're in business, you need to be on LinkedIn. And the other is if you're looking for a job, you've got to be on LinkedIn. So that, that kind of covers both demographics, if you like. Um, and then it's what happens after that main reason of you being on. Sure. So as a job seeker, well, I've now got a job. I'm going to keep in contact with the people that helped me find a job or that are in, in where I work now. And, and you, you, te- you know, after a number of years, your contact list, if you've not done any outreach for any, any, any new clients, for example, prominently is, is, is just your people that you've worked with. Yes. Um, the flip side, those people that have, have, have joined LinkedIn because they're already in a business and they're looking for business development opportunities or that sort of thing, is their contact base tends to be a lot more wider um, and, and, and again, it's, it's down to, to keeping that CRM system stocked. But I think that the, the reason, if we look at why it's getting a little bit more sticky, is we're tapping into the social media aspect of human nature, is we want to be visible, we want to see, we want to look, we're nosy buggers at the end of the day. Mm. So, you know, the information that comes down on the daily rundowns or, or, or all that, it's, it's all information that we as consumers are absolutely dying to get hold of. Definitely. Um, and and that's that's not just on this platform. I think that's that's across the whole board. We are now in a consumer market. Yes, and, and I think that's that's a really valid point. But anyone who's heard my talks will know that I, I quote the phrase, business is no longer B2B or B2C, it's H2H, human to human. And you're absolutely right that regardless of whether you work for a big corporate such as Vodafone or indeed Microsoft, or you're a um, one-man band freelancer, actually, um, you are dealing with another person. And that social aspect has definitely crept into LinkedIn. Um, What I'd like to do for the real focus of this episode, Chris, um, normally we talk about story and journey, and I could... um, for want of a better phrase, blow smoke up your ass and um, build up your story about how you discovered LinkedIn and how dramatically it's changed your life. But actually, I want to get down to the nuts and bolts of how to use LinkedIn effectively so that the listeners can walk away with maybe two or three actionable steps that they can take. So if you were to be advising a business on how to use LinkedIn, where, where would you start? All depends what the business is and what the goal is. Sure. Um, there, there's a whole heap of, um, and, and those people that, that are listening to this, I'm doing inverted commas now, experts, um, that will say you have to do A, you have to do B, regardless of the company size, regardless of the, uh, the goals that the company's got. And they, they, they do this because they have a set package and they have a set expert level, if you like. And that's what they, they, they preach, that's what they throw at the wall. Um, dare I say, it's like throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. 
Um, apologies, we didn't say whether I was allowed to swear or not. Of so course you are. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Um, so the, the the first foremost thing to, to do is work out what the goal is. Um, sure. Now, for example, if we've got a, a, a business, and we'll do hypothetical, we've got a business and they've got 20, 30 employees, and the aim of that business is to bring on more customers, then using LinkedIn is a great way of, one, either identifying those customers or, two, getting your brand message out there. I am not a marketeer when it comes to all this flowery BS stuff. Sure. Uh, anyone that's visited my profile knows that I don't really tolerate that sort of crap. Um, so this whole brand marketing thing, I'll say that with a bit of lump in my, in my throat. Um, it is important though. LinkedIn is a great way of, of and, and if anyone's been on LinkedIn and you try to look up someone, you do a little bit of stalking, you see yes. what they're doing. You tend to go down a, a, a rabbit warren, if you like, of, right, well, this person works here and who else works there and where did they work before? And before long, you was looking for, for somebody in A and suddenly you're at Z. Sure. Um, so defining a goal is the biggest thing that we've got to do. Right, as a business, we want to find new potential customers. Now, again, I'm slightly going off a tangent here. Lead generation for customers is something, and this is going to probably pay a lot of people off, is something which I don't think should only be done on LinkedIn. I, I absolutely agree. And, and the main reason for that is, is LinkedIn is a phenomenal tool to start a conversation. Mm. It's the, probably one of the crappiest marketing tools for funnel yes. uh, traveling, if you like, or, or for nurturing, lead nurturing. The, the, the best way you can use LinkedIn, is, and this solid tip, is, is to use it to open the door. Yes. You've got lots of other ways of communicating, email, phone call, face-to-face, -face, far, far better uh, at, at qualifying and nurturing those leads. Now, worst case scenario, you, you contact somebody and they're interested in your product, your service, your service, you connect, you have a chat, conversation goes dead. How do we follow it up? How do we get that person? Well, truth is, that person isn't at the right part of their buyer journey. So you can flog a dead horse till you're blue in the face. You can keep peeing them off. You can spam the hell out of their DM box. All you're going to achieve is somebody who's going to get, you know what, I thought this guy was all right at the start. Mm. He's just spammed the shit out of my inbox so he can sell off. So rather, rather than looking at that, it's, it's, we get people off LinkedIn as soon as physically possible. So as a marketing prospect, if someone's identified them from a, a call to action you've got on your profile, a call to action through a post, get them into either a conversation, an email database, whatever your funnel is, get them off LinkedIn and get them into that as soon as possible. Brilliant. So we, we've set out the fact that um, A, a goal is clearly important. Yep. Um, so identifying what, what it is you're trying to achieve and what metrics you can track around that. And secondly, that it's not the be all and end all of the marketing and sales process, which, which I completely yeah. agree. Mm. It's, um, you know, I see relationships as a bank account and you can open your bank account on LinkedIn by setting up your profile yeah. um, or by having an initial conversation with someone. And then you can top up that bank account, yeah. but you're not going to make your millions just through LinkedIn. Exactly. Okay. Um, in terms of the profile itself, so we know that we need to have a goal. Yeah. Um, we've got that goal in mind. What are the common mistakes that you see in people's profiles? Um, biggest bugbear, um, writing in third person. Let's face it, you wrote it. Carl agrees. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Why in God's name? I think this is an issue with, with people that want a result before they're willing to do the legwork. Sure. So they want the fact that somebody will write their social media profile for them. Mm. They want to be seen as a, a voice of authority, a thought leader, all of those marketing flowery terms. 
um, but they're not willing to put the legwork in there. So let's start with saying, oh, well, Chris is a really good guy at doing ABC and he's, no, it's a load of bollocks. Well, I think it's a relic from CV writing. 100%, 100%, And, yeah, um, yeah we can view LinkedIn as either the Rolodex or the CV site. And, yeah. and perhaps yeah. it's that. It is. I, I, I was... Um, I was about to use the word fortunate, but I, I worked for a recruitment firm for a number of years. Uh, I don't know whether I was fortunate that I did. In fact, no, I do, because there were some brilliant relationships that I, I, I formed while I was there. I wasn't a recruiter before anybody sure. um, unfollows me really, really quickly. Um, I, was, uh, I worked in, in system admin and, and, and data. Now, one of, one of the things that was apparent um, within how recruiters use LinkedIn is that they purely use it as a, 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 a barrel like mm. Google. So instead of Google, you do a Google search and it goes to the whole world. A barrel is people that are looking for a job and it's like shooting fish in a barrel. Sure. And that's how, it, how it's predominantly used by the, the, was predominantly used by the recruitment industry. Um, hopefully things are changing a little bit and there are some smaller companies that are really getting to grasp mm. with that now and, and doing really good things. But that, that is the, you know, the, the fundamental issue, I think, is that the your LinkedIn profile, you've still got a button to download your profile as a PDF, mm. um, which I, I, I know some uh, recruiters have done that in the past where they will download people's PDF versions of their profiles, sure. um, feed that into their own um, CRM system, and then all of a sudden they've got so many people that they've, they've added without you giving consent. Um, I, I'm not going to say who does that or how <laughs> how many times it happens, but it's it's something. And I think if you've got the you've got the ability on your profile to mark your profile as as interested in opportunities. Sure. Um, the problem is uh, there's this there's only a couple of it only takes a couple of bad recruiters to um, to dilute the, the the pool. I'm afraid with that. Absolutely. So so going back going back to what what is a mistake in a profile, or perhaps more relevantly, what makes a good profile. Um, so yeah, we we know that yeah, this data can be extracted and so yeah. on. Um, so don't write in third person. Yeah. Um, any other tips that you would give? Absolutely. If, now, if you're if you're looking for work. Um, one of the things that a recruiter will do is, or, or will often do, um, I can't talk for, speak for all of them, but they will search for your job title. Sure. They're searching for people that will fit their, their job description they're trying to fill. So if your, your, your summary in your job description doesn't have the title you're looking for, they're not going to find you. So f you know, if you're a job seeker, put, if you're looking to be a marketing manager, just put that you're a marketing manager in there because sure. you want to be found for that term. On the flip side of that, if you're not looking for work and you're looking for opportunities, new business partners or uh, uh, clients, whatever it may be, we need to, we need to as, as quick as physically possible, tell people what it is you do mm. and why they should connect with you. Now, it's no, there's absolutely no point putting I'm a marketing director yes. because quite frankly, I, I, you know, there's, there's millions of marketing directors. How do I know that that marketing director is any different to that marketing director? So tell me in your summary what it is that you do, what value you offer me, why I should connect with you. And it may well be that you're, as a marketing director, you specialise in pay-per-click marketing or you specialise in such and such marketing. Let's get it down to as, 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 as niche as you can so when people are searching for that particular niche, you're at least appearing in those search terms. Sure. And in terms of profile photos, do you think there's any do's and don'ts? There, you know what, I, I for, for a long time... person who's just changed to a selfie. <laughs> For for a long time, mine was a selfie. Yes. Um, and as my audience grew, I it, I never took any notice whatsoever. Um, and it wasn't until I had a, a chat with a, a chap called John Murray, who is a guy over in Dublin, 
Um, really good bloke, can drink his Guinness. Um, it, it, have a search out. He's a headshot photographer. And uh, we did the LinkedIn Local Dublin. Mm. I co-hosted the, the, the first one, I think it was, with, with Jan and, and John was there. And uh, we were talking about headshots and he was doing some headshots on, on that sort of thing. And, and I actually listened for once, and I don't tend to listen a lot, but I actually listened to what this guy was saying about what a headshot actually does. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to actually have to put a decent headshot mm. together. And I had my photo done and we, we updated it. And I was ridiculed mm. because I looked like some fat, smiley... I remember somebody somebody yeah, on no. one of your posts saying you look like a thumb. Yes, yeah. I was a thumb, that was it. I, my, my best trolling moment, I was called a thumb. There we go. Uh, and, and you know what, I am quite fat, I am quite smiley, but I, that's not what I want people to think of me as about. Um, so my, my honest... Uh, answer is that the photo needs to represent who you are. Mm. If you're going to do that by a selfie and they can say that that's who you are, if you're going to do that by a professional photographer, um, as long as it represents you, there's nothing worse than if you, you go to meet somebody, and I always use this when I do, we do one of my courses, is I met somebody over in, um, where was I? Belfast, that was it. Met someone over in Belfast. She, she'd asked for a meeting. Sure. Um, and I said, yeah, no problem. I'll come and meet you. And you, you do that whole thing. is just before you meet. You have a quick look on the profile. Yes. What does she look like? Right, I'm looking for her. And could I find her? Not there. No, but you saw her mum. I, I saw what I thought was either her mum or her gran. Yeah. Um, and she, she was a, a lovely lady, but her photo was was clearly from her college days or, yes. or just after. And Joe, this is a very real issue. Um, I was in New York about two weeks ago and bumped into some colleagues who, funnily enough, I hadn't seen since the New York event a year before. Yeah. Um, I've grown a beard since then, but my LinkedIn profile didn't represent that. My LinkedIn yeah. profile was still me sat there with a cup of tea a year ago, um, completely clean shaven. Yeah. Now, that was actually what prompted me to, ch to change my picture, but I didn't realise the impact of it yeah. until somebody, somebody didn't actually recognise me at first and said, blimey, you've changed. Yeah. It, it is. It's, you know, it's anything that you can do to change your profile. Now, I, I recommend you do a change on your profile at least once a week. Okay. And the main reason being is, is people pick up on it, mm. and it's a conversation starter. Um, so when, I, I recently, uh, well, a couple of months ago, changed my photo to a, a black and white selfie that I was messing around with. I had a new Google Pixel, so I thought we'll have a little play with the portrait mode. Um, and uh, if, if I don't mind saying, I look quite slim on that one. I'm sucking my cheeks in. I look quite good. Um, but when I put that photo on there, um, so many comments. Mm. Oh, I didn't recognise you first, Chris. I, I only recognised you through your text. I didn't recognise the pic. Excuse me, the picture. Um, and and from from making that change, I actually picked up a new client. Wow. Um, and that was pure. And it, it wasn't because of the picture, but it was the consistent nature yes. of doing things, changing things on a regular basis, making sure that when people are searching for the services I offer, I'm at the top. Got it. Got um, it. And it's just. Keeping, keeping those little drip feeds of, of what I call soft points of contact. Mm. Keep those little soft points of contact going so you're constantly in people's feeds. Yeah. Some people get pissed off, but let's face it, they're not going to buy from me. No. So with, 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 without sounding like an egotistical arsehole, I don't give a rat's ass about those guys. Yes, so I think that tees us up really nicely. I, mean, I was actually going to ask you a different question now. Um, so remind me to ask you what makes up a good post if I forget. Okay. Um, but this actually brings us on to the conversation we were having um, just before this recorded interview. Um, this time it will be a little bit different because we won't name names. Um, we, we don't want to get the podcast or, or the host or the guest into any problems. <laughs> <laughs> However, um, we were talking about 
certain individuals on LinkedIn, yeah. and we were talking about around the polarizing nature of some of our posts and views, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, so, so tell me, what, what is your perspective on um, deliberately polarizing an audience? I, I think it's a very clever marketing strategy, mm. and, and that's exactly what it is. The, there's, um, there's, there's so many different people that have discovered a particular brand and, and, and if, we, if we just dissect what a brand is, it's what people think of or, or believe you are when you're not in the room. Sure. So, you know, if, if we, we can talk about the people that, uh, that have gone out of their way or developed a process which polarizes people, they're doing it not because it's who they are, they're doing it because of that's what their brand is. Okay, how, how do you feel about st stacks up though um, against the fact that we also should really have a consistent tone of voice? Uh, what I'm saying is, if you're an yeah. arsehole on LinkedIn, should you be an arsehole in real life as well? 100% I am. Um, <laughs> no, no, I think, I think the, the, the one thing to, to get across, and it depends what the person's goal is. Mm. So if your goal is to get clicks and likes because that's going to be monetized down the line at some point, then polarizing is a phenomenal way of getting there. Sure. Um, if you're, if you're, Have you got any good examples of polarizing, um, uh, perhaps in a positive way that... I, I, I could I could use I'm not going to name names um, so I'm going to use uh, an example of a post that I did sure uh, and this was over a year ago now uh, some people might, might remember it is it, uh, it was titled I asked for a pay rise now I I knew for a fact that um, soon as you mention anything about pay people's ears pick up yes because it's one of those subjects that I don't care how much money you've got in the bank the minute you mention pay mm. It, it triggers something. Everyone in, wants in fact, to know. In fact, I've it. noticed that, you know, regardless of whether self-employed, employed, whatever your target is, yeah. if you talk about careers and salaries and so on, you're absolutely right. You get far more engagement than you ever would about how how do you want to become a freelancer or start a business. And exactly. Like so, so the the whole post, the idea was was, and it was reflecting back to a time that I thought I was the dog's bollocks at what I was doing. Sure. Um, in fact, no two ways about it. I was, I was good, and that was that was, and I and I thought I was so good, I deserved a pay rise. Sure. Now you can probably see where this is going. The egotistical side of me came out, and it got knocked down a few pegs, yeah. and it did do. I asked my chairman for a, a for a pay rise. And he said, "No, sorry, you got one at Christmas. You don't really deserve one." Sure. And that's how it felt. And the, the throwaway line, and, and and this was purposefully done, was to say, you know, regardless of of where you are in leadership. Your, your words carry a, a huge amount of weight said to the right person or the wrong person. And, and as I said that, because him saying to me, no, you're not having a pay rise, that meant, well, well I ain't opening the, opening the office up next week. I'm not gonna do this extra for you. I'm not gonna do that for you. Why should I? Because I don't feel, I don't feel valued. Now, I, I knew posting something like that was gonna polarize people. Sure. Because we've got those people that would want a pay rise and we've got those people that have got budgets to manage. Yes. They would, and they did. They literally came hammer and tong for me. Both of them, one of them was saying, oh, we're, you know, I really appreciate you sharing the story. Others tried to dissect it and say, well, I don't see in your job history where you would have been in this position and they did all that sort of stuff. Just a little truth bomb. Not everybody's job history is written in their LinkedIn profile. Yeah. Um, you can pick and choose that. It's quite good. But the, 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 the overall, I got trolled massively for that as well. You know, uh, oh, no wonder uh, your management had probably foregone on their bonus as well because of egotistical <laughs> bricks like you and all that sort Excellent. of stuff. Now, what that, what that post did, it was quite a, a, a well-intended post, but it polarised people. It polarised those that didn't want, uh, were in the position of having to turn people down sure. and those that were actually in the position of being turned down. 
Um, that had something like four and a half, five million views. Wow. Um, I think it was 61,000 likes and comments, something like that. Blimey. So stupid amount of, of, of engagement. And what, what did that translate to in terms of that, um, follower numbers, in terms of any other metrics we can hook on? At the time, Because I can guarantee you, hard. you wouldn't have made a sale from that. Um, the, the, the sale, not necessarily, no. But what that did do is it got me in front of a whole heap of people. So I, I gained about 4,000 followers. Okay. On the back of that, that that one post. Now, bearing in mind that I'm posting daily already, yes. so it's hard to say. Well, that posted that, but the spike in numbers happened around that time, about four four thousand people. Um, what that transferred, transferred, or, or became in terms of business is over the next month, my client base went from two to twelve. Wow. Okay. So it was the fact that I was being so that post got shared by EY in their their their. I think they do a weekly. Um, a mail shot to sure. all of their employees, and there's thousands of them. Um, it was uh, when you do the analysis of who's viewed your profile. LinkedIn was one of the top viewers. Um, EY, British Army for some reason. I don't know why the British Army. Okay, that was a bit weird. Um, no, sorry, not British. Uh, US Army. Uh, if anyone's had a, had a, post so with a little ten, logo, so when the ten people who listen to his podcast go <laughs> off and, and do copycat posts, you know exactly why. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now, interestingly, on copycat posts, like that interestingly enough, I so the the the, the, the post was shared um, twelve hundred times, something sure. like that. But when when I did a search for the actual term of, of, of some of the phrases that I used in there, there was over a hundred people that had actually plagiarized it as well. Yeah, do you know I've I've had this with a job uh, job advert that I put on, so I've noticed that LinkedIn, if you make it clear that it's a job ad, it just it gets decimated. Um, however, we had another firm, and I can't call them a competitor because they're not in our region. They copied and pasted, and it included our vision as a firm, our trademark <laughs> strapline, our values as a firm. Okay, it, it includes everything. He changed the hashtag so that the initials of our company were the initials of his company. <laughs> and he changed the city, which was obviously quite important. Quite important. It, 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 it tickles me. We, we're, in, we're in a world where there's no accountability for things that we do online, or very, very, very limited. Um, and people think they can get away with stuff like that. But they don't understand the damage that that's causing to their prospects and their yes. that sort of thing. Um, there's a, a, a guy recently who plagiarised... Um, somebody else's post I'm not, again I won't I won't mention names um, and he he wrote a heartfelt apology mm. as, a, as a continued post saying I'm really sorry I just thought this was really good um, I, I credited the guy after I'd realized I'd done wrong yes um, so went to have a look at the, that, that and his, his credit included um, uh, 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 what was it um, original post from such and such but he only put his first name mm. and he didn't link it to him so they're saying it's not your own post and just putting someone's name. That's not accrediting. No, somebody. you need to link it to them. Although, do you know, I've, I've fallen into a trap there. So I saw um, an image which I attributed to the person who posted. Yeah. Somebody else, you know, it was all high and mighty. Well, um, you should have attributed this person who posted it a year ago. A Google reverse image search yeah. allowed me to reply, well, actually, no, we probably both should have accredited this person two years ago. Um, sometimes you just don't know where they come from. You don't. And, and I think it's, it's an unreal, unreal expectation to try and, and, and credit everything. That but, you I think, but I think you should do the right thing and, and explain it's not yours. Yeah, exactly. And, that, and that's it. And I think, you know, the, um, have you got any questions about two of the main influencers on LinkedIn? <laughs> Before I go into this bit, just go in. Just just go, go in. So there's there's a there's um there's two or three 
Um, people we know them as Oleg, Bridget, um, yes. Kirsty Bonner, Tim Denning, all of these these guys that seem to employ the entire uh, world. Um, but these these guys, if there was somebody posted an, an image of a particular post and it got all of their names on it. Mm. And they'd all written the same sort of post and they've all shared it to their millions of audiences. But they're not attributing it to anybody. No. It's all as if they've written it and that sort of thing. Now, that that's where, what I have a real problem with, is there's all well and good being uh, a contributor, a story contributor, writing text, that sort of thing. But the, the stories, these stories that are being written and shared are giving false hope to people. Mm. Oleg, for example, now I've had a conversation with Oleg or a digital conversation where he wasn't happy with, with a comment that I made. Um, I, 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 I can't share what it was because he shared sure. some personal things as well. Um, but it, 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 was, it was along the, the lines of, I'm really disappointed that you would think that my stories are fabricated. Mm. Um, and when somebody says something to like that, when they're defending clear bullshit, I make it my purpose to say, well, actually, no, look. Um, and I think it, it was something out over the past year, he'd employed something like 300 people mm. or something daft like that. And you think, you, you haven't because you're the CTO of the Daily Mail, apparently, the, the, the online version and, you, and, and the Metro. And, and let's face it, you're not involved with that part of the, the business. We know you're not. And then, you know, it, it just, it really frustrates me that this bullshit of... Um, if you do this, we'll help you find a job. Yes. Tag Oleg and you'll find a job with it. It's bollocks, it really is. But it's is. designed to create engagement. That's all it is. All that is done, and, and you know what? All that's doing is is adding people to the, the brand that he's working for mm. and that. And if you do a search for Oleg now, the, the Daily Mail and the Metro and, and him are synonymous with each other on Google. Mm. So all, all that that's doing is, is building brand reputation for the, for the business that it's working for. Yes. It's the same with Kirsty. Kirsty works uh, in the same department, apparently, and suddenly she's got several million followers or however many it is. That's convenient, and isn't you it? Th <laughs> you think, look at the bigger picture. You're being played. And what the reason, and, they do, and I'm not surprised it's the Daily Mail, but they're, they're playing people that are really looking yes. for, for help. They're desperate. They're f trying to find work, and they're liking and commenting on the hope that some bloke in the CTO is going to help them find a job. Okay, so I, I think mo most people who've, um, I, I would hope most people who come across these guys would realise what they're all about. Yeah. But for the, for the average Joe, you know, the average one of us who wants to hit a home run on LinkedIn. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, a home run is about 100,000 views. Yeah. Um, an average post is probably about five to 10,000. Yeah. And a crap post is about two, 300. Yeah. Just where it just, you know, I think, I think normally it's the ones that I think are gonna work. Always the like, case. Damn, <laughs> damn, nobody can see me. I might, I might as well shout it out my window. Yeah. Um, what are the attributes in your eyes of a good post? A good, a good post, and now th this is the marketeer talking now, mm. rather than the, the, the human. And a good post, it, it's the same as, as a tabloid, I'm afraid. But think of the Express, the Observer, rather than one of the red tops. Sure, it's got to grab someone's attention. If you've got you've got less than less than I think it's an eighth of a second to get someone's attention with your profile. So if somebody doesn't know you, you've got to look at this. This, this, this those, that first line. It's got to grab someone's attention. Sure. The, the post that we referred to earlier. I asked for a pay rise. Yeah, I want to see more about that. What was the story? What was it about? So it's got to be something which grabs attention. That being said, writing something which is pure clickbait. Um, we're not writing for, for you know online newspapers now. We're, we're, we're writing as in, in a business thing. So try and avoid the clickbait. You know, promising something in the first line and the story's got nothing to do with yes. it. Yes, clickbait. Yeah, I've noticed the algorithm. You know, previously you could have a controversial headline, 
Um, put whatever you want in the middle, and as yeah. long as it's catchy and a call to action, that would always work. Yeah. That doesn't seem to work so much now. And I think um, Josh Fetcher, who's the, who's the founder of Banff Media, mm. uh, badass marketers, founders, um, he, he came up with a, a theory 18 months, two years ago about having a hook line, story, and then a, then a, then a question at the end. Yes. It's, it's a long-form post. Um, I, I, also, mean, I, I observed that from seeing others. Um, yeah. I actually designed slides on that very yeah. that very nature. Yeah. Three, three bullet points with emojis, um, yeah. all the, all the well, stuff it, that everyone was doing. The reason, the reason that works is because it, you're tapping into what people want. They want a little dopamine hit. It's, I want the information, I want it quickly, and I want to say whether I need to comment or not. I need to, I need to have something which tells me whether I want to get involved with this or not. So for, for someone who's, who's not known, people don't know who they are, and that's suddenly appearing in someone's feed, that has got to grab people's attention. You've got to be as succinct as possible with a story. The idea being is if you manage to create a story and there's more questions than there are answers, you've got a good story. Yeah. Because people want to try and qualify that story. So they want to know, well, actually, with your pay rise, you didn't mention that everyone else had a pay rise during your story. Mm. Or, you know, what, what extra work were you doing? Or, or what were the financial situation of the business at the time you asked? All of these little things which people will bring to the table to say, well, I don't know about that. And that's going to do one of two things. It's going to turn people off straight away and they're going to disappear. I'm not interested in commenting. Or if the hook's, hook got them in enough, it's going to get them to comment and make that that. That question. Okay, so can you give some examples of? Uh, so we've got the compelling headline. Yeah. You know, I, I stormed into stormed into my boss's office and asked for a pay rise. Yeah. Okay, so most of us are going to think, what what happened here? Because he didn't just yep. walk in; he stormed in. Yeah. Okay, so you've stormed in. Um, what would you then put as the main body that would would build engagement? Build it. Well, what would I'll, I'll, you know? I'll use a different example. Okay. Um, than the pay rise one. So, and this this is purely because it's my favourite headline I've ever written. Um, and the headline was, I snapped my thumb on a hooker's knee. Okay. Um, so for those who, who are not rugby orientated, a hooker is, is a position in rugby. Um, I, I, I failed to realise that half my audience was, was, was in the US, sure. where rugby isn't really very well known, and a hooker is a hooker over there. Yes. Um, so my, my main audience for that post was the US. Now that story, so it was, I snapped my thumb on a hooker knee, hooker's knee. The whole ethos of the story was about passion. Okay. So it's, I snapped my thumb on a hooker's knee, and the, the story went on. It was true. Um, we were scrumming down. He kicked me. I fell over, snapped my thumb. Um, for those that you don't know, and, and went into what it was. And it was a, the, the story was about being at the age of 34, which I was at the time, um, and the fact it now takes me two days to recover from a rugby match rather than sure. a couple of hours. Why do we still do things that we're passionate about, even though it hurts us? Um, and that was that was the, the okay. Premise did, of the story. You, did you finish it up with a question, or how, how did you generate engagement? That that one, that one was based purely on what is it that you still do now that you're passionate about? Okay, that has changed over the years, or it was worded as something. Sure. Like and did you word it as a direct question, or was direct it question. weaved into the text? It was, it was it was as a question. Was, you know, tell me about what you're still passionate about. Okay. Uh, and that, that that sort of thing, and that generated uh, the, the thing that generated more conversation was the fact that. I had to qualify what a hooker was. Yes, um, which was great. It was a it was a headline grabber. It got people interested. But then, as the comments started rolling in, it was more about no, you know what? I I, I still play Sunday league football, and my knees are shot, and I've had two scrapes, and all that sort of stuff. And then it started conversations going. Yes. Um, now a lot of people will say, well, how the hell does that relate to business? And 
if you're writing one post for business, you're not doing LinkedIn right. No. There's no two ways about it. You're not writing an ad that's going out for sponsored content. This is about narrating a story. Mm. And, and your entire LinkedIn presence needs to reflect that. It's, it's about sharing your life and it your is, story. It is, yeah. I mean, I, I, since, since we doubled down on, and I, I hate using that term, double down, um, thanks, Gary V. Thanks a lot. Um, since I doubled down on LinkedIn um, as, as, a, as a service offering at the start of this year, um, the profile image changed, the, the, the headline, you know, we, we, we put in the zero bullshit approach, that sort of thing. The, the, the fact that people looked at that, they'd speak to me, they'd realize that the guy on LinkedIn was exactly the same guy on the phone or face to face. That whole th authenticity factor sort of started kicking in uh, and, our, and our client client base is, is, is gone is, is nearly doubled now since January purely with this new approach of you know what we're, we're saying what we're doing we're narrating a bit of a story the vast majority of my posts now are quite um, quite grumpy sure uh, I've been called out of being a grumpy old bastard a few times um, but it's, it's purely down to that I'm, I'm trying to tap in into a worldview and, and, and there's if anyone's read um, Seth Godin's All Marketeers Are Liars, they'll understand the, the worldview. So I'm trying to tap into the worldview that marketing for the vast majority of people is a load of bullshit. Mm. It's just a pack of lies. And, and, and when we embrace that and when we look at what we do with a profile, with a post and, and we put it all together, all we're trying to do is to get people to like and trust us. Now, the reason we do that is because when people like and trust us, they're more, more willing to give you some money for their services. If they don't like you, they're not going to pick up the phone and say, well, I think you're a knobhead, but can we work together? Got it. Just doesn't happen. <laughs> no. Brilliant. Chris, this has been amazingly insightful. Now, uh, the listeners of the show will know that we normally do rapid fire questions. I'm actually going to change it and, and turn it on its head. Um, and Chris isn't expecting this. Okay. So, uh, but don't worry, you'll be fine. So normally we do rapid fire questions um, and they follow a fairly set process. But actually, I'm going to put a LinkedIn twist on the rapid fire questions. Okay. So the first question I've got for you is, who is the number one person, apart from yourself, that people should follow on LinkedIn? Oh, oh, really good question. Um, wow. I, I See, I could go to uh, a, a, a chap who I'm trying to win his business right now, but that would be a little bit bullshit. <laughs> um, you know, I, I really, really like... Um, this is really hard. Because you know what, there's, there's, there's lots of people that I like and there's lots of people that I've met. Um, I, I think the, if, if okay, business head on, uh, there's a lady called Gemma Connell okay. who, um, who I've recently employed, who is really good and she's only got a small amount of followers. So she's definitely one. But, yes. uh, <laughs> but um, it, it, in terms of, of authenticity, I really like uh, a chap called Ruben, Ruben Schlamm, I think. He is a graphic designer over in um, in New Zealand. Um, he's very, very straight talking, really warped sense of humour. He's not on LinkedIn to try and find business or to, to make friends. He's there just to voice his his earrings, and he's he's a really, really good chap to connect with. Fantastic. Uh, next one, we've talked a lot about um, text posts. Yep. Um, would you rather pull a photo up, pull a video up, or pull an article up? Uh, neither. I'd rather have a text post. A text post? Yeah. So article... Uh, but, but not including... No. So article, photo or video. What would you do? Oh, okay. Because um, we know text post is where it's at. You and yes. I know that. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll give the, 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 the fours and again. So uh, article, um, they don't get the eyeballs on them anymore. 
Pulse is dying. They're gonna. They're starting to be integrated in the main feed. So do, yeah, do, do you not feel there's an argument to have at least a relatively recent article for your profile perspective as opposed to engagement? There is hundred percent. Don't sure. but don't use that as a as a as a lead for um, for engagement. Um, sure. Articles are good to showcase your skill set. Sure. Uh, videos. I I like videos. Um, do I watch any? No. Okay. Uh, and the main reason why is because I'm sick to death of seeing everybody doing them. Yes. If I'm being quite honest. Um, I've, ne- I've only ever watched one um, uh, LinkedIn Live. Okay. They're dying to death. They, they have just, um, whether this is going to be relevant news when this comes out or not, but they have just stopped the rollout of LinkedIn Live over in Australia. I think okay. that's going to happen over here as well um, because of uh, issues that are not being reported, which I think is if everybody suddenly has LinkedIn Live we're going to have a, a TikTok platform rather than a LinkedIn platform. Sure. Um, and then uh, pictures. Pictures are, are okay. They don't get treated the same as text only. Um, I, In fact, today I posted a picture for the first time in, in several months. Okay. Um, so answer to your question, I'll go with go with the picture. Picture says a thousand words. Fantastic. Okay. So the next one, um, and we can talk a little bit about science of this afterwards. If you were to tag a few mates into a post, yep. who would you tag? Ooh, whoever the post was relevant to. Okay. And do you think that, so um, if I can give the listeners some context yeah. to that question, because I'm, I'm conscious we've done some LinkedIn talk there. <laughs> um, some people will pull a post up and will deliberately tag others within the post yeah. um, to try and generate engagement in the early days and to get eyeballs to that post. Yeah. Um, so, so that's the context behind it. So wh- whoever's relevant, do, do you feel it's a strategy that still works? Or a tactic that still works? No, I don't think it does. Um, it, it, to a degree, what, what you tend to find is those, those people. So we, I'm going to describe these people now as sheeple. Um, it's a term that I'm, I'm, I've not uh, come up with. Other people have come up with that. But sheeple, I think that's a good thing. Sheep that are people. Um, what we tend to find is your Olegs and your Bridgets and all these people that have, have employed the whole of the world. They write a post and they say, "You need to tag us in it so we can help share your message." And then you get those people that are happy, clappy sheeple that will say, yes, Oleg, we will tag everything with Oleg. And so you'll see a post and then you'll see at the bottom of the post and there'll be a sea of blue. Mm. And it will be 10, 15, 20 people that have all got decent follower numbers on the hope that one of them will say, yes, I like your post. Now that, quite frankly, is is desperate. It comes across as desperate. No, th- These guys who are saying tag, they don't give a rat's ass about you. Be not beating around the bush here. They don't know you from Adam. They don't care whether you've got a job or not. If they're trying to sell a product, they care whether you're going to buy it. Mm. But quite frankly, they don't give a rat's ass about what you're going to type. So why why comment that? It's far better to comment to, to tag somebody that you've had a conversation with. Sure. Someone that you know, somebody that you think, well, actually, this subject's about pay-per-click, and I know somebody who's in it. And do you think the tagging needs to be weaved within the text or as, you know, as some do, as a block of tags beneath? I, general rule of thumb, and this, if anyone's on any of my online programs, we tend to say no more than five tags. Sure. Um, purely because, one, we don't want you to look desperate. And and it's very, very, unless you're all working for the same business or that, it's very difficult or it's, it's, it's practically impossible that everyone's going to find that, uh, you know, that post particular to them. So you're not tagging five, 10, 15 people because that is all relevant to them. You're tagging because you want to try and beat the algorithm. Got it. Um, so yeah, in, 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 I I prefer that the tags. Uh, this is a personal preference. There's no benefit to this. Uh, I prefer the tags at the bottom. 
Sure. Um, just because it, it annoys the, my living, the living daylights at me when you've got tags all the way through posts and that sort of stuff. Brilliant. Okay, next sweeping change to the LinkedIn algorithm. Um, I the, crystal ball time. Crystal ball. Um, okay, if I if I was one of the the engineers working the algorithm, um, one of the changes that I would like to see is repetitiveness removed. Okay. Um, and they've done they've done quite a lot to this. So what you'll find is that um, certain people will only post certain types of posts, one particular style every time because they've been successful with that one, and that's what they want to do. Now that is to keep a, a feed fresh. We need to be looking at stylistic approaches, I think. So if everybody posts in this one-line break, one-line break, one-line break, which I do quite quite sometimes, um, if everyone's just doing that, it's going to get very boring. If everyone just does it in one block of text, it gets very boring. So something to say, right, let's try and change up the, uh, the, Perfect. the, the stylistic approach. Okay, apart from um, creating posts that are well-written, what other ways can people improve the number of eyeballs and the number of engagements that they ultimately get? Uh, the biggest biggest thing that anyone can do, even if you, you if, if one of one of the things that I say is that you have to post on a on a daily or semi daily basis, um, and that's the consistent nature of, of why we do it and how the algorithm respects and treats your account. If you're not going to post daily, the second best thing that you can do, and and for those that have done any of my courses know that you do these both at the same time, is you've got to start engaging with people, and not just put in agree and yes, no, I like this, this is great, happy clap emoji actually add something to the conversation. So if, rather than spending an hour writing a post and posting it, spend that hour commenting on five people's posts. Because you're, if, and some people don't know this, but if, you're, if your comment gets engagement on it, people come to visit your profile. Mm. Who wrote that comment? I quite like what this guy said. I like the cut of this guy's jib. Or girl's jib, sorry. Um, so, it, and you've also got the ability, if, if your comment gets comments on that as well, you can be pushed to the top of the comment tree. Yes. So every time that post is being shared, your post, your comment on it is also being shared as being the, the, the top contributor. Now, that's one of the things that, that LinkedIn does do is that whenever you um, go through your feed, it will also show that most recent, or it's meant to show the most recent, but it never does. Yeah. It shows the top. So all comments is the top comment. So got it. you've got, a, got an ability to get eyeballs on your stuff, even if you're not posting yourself. Brilliant. Chris, do you like your own posts? No, I don't. Why do people do it? I still do it now, out of habit. I uh, so I had a chat with um, Anthony J. James, who's a guy over in Australia. He um, he's, he's got he's got something like two hundred and fifty thousand followers. Um, really ni nice guy. He 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 uses LinkedIn to his own benefit. Sure, hundred percent. Shares stuff. He does a lot of the stuff that I really really don't like. But he's a really nice chap. So we, we met, we had breakfast. And I asked him I asked him the same question. Why do you like your own post? And he says, because I think, there's no factual proof of it. And in his words, that when you like your own post, it puts your face in front of, and it's another picture of your face in front of people that see your post. And I said, well, does that get offer any benefit? He says, I have no idea. Mm. So I don't think there is any advantage. Some LinkedIn guru will probably say, oh, it's because of error. No. Yeah, I've not noticed any harm. So the reason I do it is partly for that and partly because it adds another one to the numbers. Yes, exactly. And that's yeah. it. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know, does it add anything? Probably not. Is it something that I'd say you do or don't do? Personal preference. Fantastic. Yeah. And Chris, very last one. Um, where can people find you? 
Um, on LinkedIn, funny enough. Keep it on the LinkedIn theme, why not? <laughs> yeah, on LinkedIn. I, um, I, so my business partner, Paul, has got an absolute bugbear about email. Hates email. Um, and he's, he's built a, uh, we've got the, the Doddle platform, getdoddle.com. Nice little plug there. Um, which is a software, project management software uh, piece of kit. And the idea being is that we're, we're trying to do away with, with email through team communication, that sort of stuff. So and one of the things I'm trying to do, and it's quite hard because I've got nine email inboxes, is just trying to get rid of emails one by sure. one. So I, I, I tend to, the, the, the most notification, I mean, I get two, 300 notifications a day on, on that. The ones that I pay attention to are the ones that I've got my inbox. So you find me, and for some, when, I, when I joined up, Chris Williams was taken. Do you know there's 16,000 Chris Williamses in the world? Really? It's ridiculous. But there we go. <laughs> but if they type you in, you'll be top, of course. Uh, it should be. Chris Williams NF is, is the full name, but you can just find me for proper LinkedIn marketing. Fantastic. Um, Chris, thank you so much for being part of the show. It's been a total pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to The Carl Reader Show. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and tell your friends. This podcast was brought to you by our sponsor, D&T Advisory, helping you unlock the magic in your business by adding value, not numbers. Find out more at www.team-dt.com. QuickBooks, helping UK small businesses stay on top of their finances.